Hi, Royals fans. This is J.J. Piccolo. If you suffer a sprain, strain, or fracture, the University of Kansas Health System offers orthopedic walk-in care at 435 and Nall in Overland Park. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Excellent slash Patrick and Travis. Great duos. Steven and Todd. <laughs> Jake and Gambling. I'm, now, gonna, I'm not bragging this week. Well, oh, you should keeping your head above water, though. Well, just you two. Okay, certainly not when Bill Moss is on the show. No. Well, I can tell you, he I just, loves braggers. All I had was two Chiefs money line and Detroit plus seven and a half, and a thank you. You're welcome. Let's say hello to Bill Moss now. Bill, good morning. How are you? <laughs> How's it going, guys? What are we talking about? You know, Royal. let me tell you. <laughs> there's so many different things we could talk about, but again. As a great former defensive player, you, you just have to love what Steve Spagnuolo in this defense has done this year and this postseason. Miami, Buffalo, and Baltimore. Three dynamic offenses. 41 total points in three games and a total of 10 points, Bill, in the second half of those three games. What has it been like for you to watch this defense play as well as I've seen any Chiefs defense play in this stretch ever. Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. And, and Stephen, you and I didn't talk prior to this show, but actually I was going to bring up Spagnola's history. Spag's history is really phenomenal. If anybody wants to go in and, and, and do some digging on this, it's you can go all the way back to his time with the Giants in 2007. Their defense really struggled throughout the course of the season. Um, they got beat up, pushed around, and they just kind of started hitting their stride about the end of December and into the playoffs. They had a wild card game against Tampa Bay. They held them to 14 points. Dallas, who was averaging 28 points a game, they either they came out of there. They pressured the heck out of Romo. He had an interception, a quarterback rating of 64. Green Bay, they go up to play Brett Favre. They're averaging 28 points a game. He has a 70 quarterback rating through two picks. He blitzed the hell out of them. Then they beat up uh, the New England Patriots, and they had five sacks against Tom Brady. Uh, going into 2019, our defense really struggled all year long. It was just a Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes show. Uh, the, the, they kept on getting better and better and better. In the playoffs, they completely dominate. They just take over games um, in, in the Super Bowl against Garoppolo. I mean, this is a guy that just lit up lit up all numbers. They held him to a 69.2 quarterback rating and just took over that game. When they were trailing 20-10, to 10, they held them in the second half. They never got any more than 20 points. Last year, you know, the Super Bowl run, they, got, they hit their stride. About the, the the time the playoffs come around, from week fourteen on, they just kept on getting better and better and better. And in the Super Bowl, you know what they did to Jalen Hurts. So, um, yeah, and this year it's been the same thing. You know, that on the road, uh, you got Miami. They shut them down, completely dominated. You go on the road to, to Buffalo, you hold them to twenty four points, and Josh Allen only one hundred eighty yards in the air. And 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 what they did to. Lamar Jackson, and I mean that. It's what they did to Lamar Jackson that made all the difference in the world. He didn't have an answer for it. 
Every time he took a snap, there was there was he didn't he didn't even have the time to change anything at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he he just saw a flurry of people coming from all different directions uh, at him, and and they had no answer for it. They they couldn't pick it up, and he was rattled from from the get go, and you could see that early on. And he had a meltdown, and, and I'm not sure. I mean, I don't. I think that meltdown should should cost him the MVP. I don't think there should be any any condolences for it. I mean, he, he had a meltdown, and it looked bad. They exposed him. There's a uh, Twitter account that I follow, Honest NFL, and the guy's clearly an NFL insider. But he posts some really interesting things. And he had a post uh, I want to run by you by, about Spags this morning. He said, Spags is one of the most underappreciated coaches in NFL history. He's not only one of the best people you'll ever meet, and I wish uh, my kid could play for him, but a genius who could take the most complicated rush coverage concepts known to man and make my mother understand them. And that's, I think, one of the most important and underappreciated aspects of being a coach. You could, you could dream up all of these different things, but if you can't teach it and you can't make it relatable – to where the players can absorb it and yeah. understand it, then, then what are you doing? And, and and that point I've heard from several defensive players, yeah. especially the young defensive backs that have been leaned upon so heavily the past couple of years. That is huge, an ability to teach and to get these players to buy in, and that's something that Spags obviously does very well, Bill. Yeah, no, no question about it. Michael Strahan has, has spoke on that level about him as well. And, and the fact that he would find things in protections that, you know, other teams and other coaching staff just completely would miss. And he'd be able to pick them up and, and do something with them and throw a different wrinkle at them. And he, and he gets his guys to believe in him. And, and he gets his guys to buy into him. He has that knack. And I, I always say, like, the best coaches are teachers. You know, they, 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 if you go back and look at their history, somewhere along the line, they were, they were school teachers. You know, they, they can deal with a lot of different personalities and they can understand uh, people and how they learn differently. And if you can touch each one of them and, and get your point across to make them understand in the manner that they, they're able to understand, you're the winner. And, and I think that he's one of those special guys. Bill Moss is our guest here. Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl again. It's kind of ho-hum, I guess. I don't know. We shouldn't take it as ho-hum because it was so long without going there. But, Bill, let's talk about you know the experience the Chiefs have because even the young guys have all been to the Super Bowl. They've all been to a parade. They've all got rings except for the youngest of the young, the rookies. But now they've now won three games, and they won a, a road game the week before they went there. I thought the experience of the Chiefs and the the mental like consistency of the Chiefs really showed in this game. Looked like the Ravens got a little nervous, a little antsy, a little quick. They got baited into a couple of personal fouls. They did some dumb things. Lamar, you know, forced the yeah. throw at the end. Uh, how much credit do you give the Chiefs just for their experience and playing a smarter game than the Ravens yesterday to make their ch- another trip back to the Super Bowl? Well, a couple things. Yeah, you, you touched on a couple different things there, Todd. The the aspect of of the Chiefs and having been there and done that um, that's 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 a real thing, um, and I, and that showed up yesterday. But here's the other thing that, and it, this is a real thing too. Playoff Pat poses a threat 
to all, wherever they go. It could be at Arrowhead. It could be at their place. It could be. But playoff Pat brings us brings a pressure to the other team, to the opponents, that no other quarterback brings to anywhere, to anybody. He listen. That's a real thing, and the team takes on his personality and his mindset, and he is so focused uh, on what he's doing. In, in the playoffs, it, it just everybody just kind of takes that and runs with it, and it's it permeates throughout the team, and it's it's real, and other teams feel it. You may think you're ready, you may think you have a shot, and you can look at all the numbers and all the things you did all year long, but if you got to go up against the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, you've got you you you've got your hands full. How about uh, playoff Travis in his last? 12 playoff games. He has a total of 104 catches for 1,178 yards and 13 touchdowns. And that includes the 11 for 116 and touchdown yesterday. In that game, he surpasses Jerry Rice for most catches in NFL playoff history, right? I, like I, that's a that's a record I thought that would never fall, and now he, when he's all done, he might he might have all of them. But but Bill, also the level of difficulty and the importance of some of those catches in the first half, the touchdown, the yeah, four, the wow. fourth down catch, the third down catch where, where Pat scrambled, he was eleven for eleven for targets and catches. He was so locked in when he said the other day at his press conference that yeah. he's he's never wanted yeah. a championship game more than this one. I'm thinking. Well, like it. I was like, really? He played like it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. And you know, sometimes you know, guys when they talk, they just talk. I mean, when he said that that day, there was even a tone in his voice that when he said it, it was like, "Wow, is that right?" I mean, and and, and he went out there and played like that. And that catch was phenomenal. Of course, the throw was was brilliant too. Nobody could have caught that in anywhere, anybody, but but. Travis and he went down there and got it, um, and then the first down catch was just remarkable. Um, he laid everything on the line. I mean, he he had some stiff competition he was going against, and they were playing against the number one defense in the NFL, and they had something to prove, and they went out and did it, and and that's why you play the game, right? But it's so fun to watch what we're what we're watching, and I don't think you know it is kind of ho hum with another Super Bowl appearance, but. I don't, gosh, watching that game yesterday and the focus and the determination. This team, you know, Nate and I were going back towards the end of the season. I said, this, I think this team is just really just hitting its stride. And I said that back then in week 17 and 18. They started getting a groove going. They did things that they haven't done before. They called offensive plays like they haven't called before. They changed their philosophy and realized that this team can't do what the old team used to do. We've got to run the football more. We've got to lean on that offensive line. We've got, you know, you have to find, you have to play good team winning football. Rely on your defense. Rely on your special teams. All those things came to fruition. And through the playoffs, it's been amazing. They've been on the road twice, right? Yep. Their, their penalties have dropped drastically. This is a team that would average about 10, it seemed like 10 penalties a game. Throughout the course of the season, they were last in the NFL in turnover ratio. Well, look what they took three. They took the ball away three times yesterday and didn't give it up. So, I, I mean, everything they've done in the playoffs 
has just been near perfect. The penalties have come down. They don't turn the ball over. Pat doesn't throw interception. It's just remarkable their focus and, and where they're at right now. It's, it's all come together. It's championship football. We're talking to Bill Moss on this AFC Championship Celebration Monday, right? Super Bowl's coming up in two weeks. Bill, how easy it is, is it for a team to kind of change its spots that way? Because they were a team that committed penalties, and they were a team that turned it over, and they were a team that didn't get turnovers despite how well they played defense. How hard is that to do midseason? And I guess is the credit there more with the coaches, the players, the culture? I mean, what, how do you uh, you know parse that out? Well, I think, it, I think it's, it's everybody, but, you know, it, it just it just seems like Andy has this team in position that he knows how to manage it. He, he knows how to get – and it's Spags, too. He knows how to bring them, that defense along and when they need to start hitting their stride. And, you know, winning enough games to get to the playoffs. And, you know, we, there was a lot of – there was we saw some ugly games this, this year, right? Some Some ugly games. People were thinking that, you know, the Chiefs were possibly not even a playoff team at one point. And go back to the Christmas game against mm. the Raiders, right? I mean, there were some times we saw some ugly football. But, um, you, you know, they they turned the corner. They looked it within the mirror. They said, okay, this is what we have to do going forward. And they did it. They made those changes, and they, and they sacrificed. And the whole team did. Um, I thought a couple of those calls yesterday, even the penalties, Trey Smith were kind of phantom. Um, but you know they've they've ne- they've 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 closed that down. You, you don't you don't see the offsides like we were seeing before, um, and, and the penalties on offense and defense have dropped way down, and the turnover ratio is just you know the defense is is doing a great job of taking the ball away at a great time. So those things happen in the playoffs, and you win. Bill, I want to ask you about. Uh, we really haven't talked about this, uh, but. but uh, a sequence that took place before the game. I love it. You saw Justin Tucker deep in Chiefs territory, setting up and trying to warm up. And Mahomes kind of kicked the stuff away and was was trying to get, you know, his work in. It looked like they were busting chops, right? Mm -hmm. But then Kelsey came over, and Kelsey was pissed off. And he takes the helmet and Tucker stuff and throws it to the side so his quarterback can warm up. I mean, first of all, if you're Justin Tucker, what are you poking the bear for? But second of all, I mean, Kelsey, that's that's what you do. I mean, he went over there, you know, F this, and threw the stuff out of the way. What did you take away from that? I loved it, first of all. Um, you know, I, I don't care if you are the greatest kicker in NFL history or whatever. I mean, there's there's standards in which you, you – you practice on your own. If you want, if you want a, that part of the stadium, and you want to kick, and maybe it's an open end, maybe it was the wind, maybe you want to see. If you do that, you do that before the team comes out for their warmups. You don't do that while the team's down there. That's their area to warm up. Um, so I, you know, I, I like what I saw. I think Travis Kelsey came into the game pissed off, regardless of anything Justin Tucker did. Uh, you know, it was their mentality. I think they watched enough film of this Baltimore defense and the bullying and all the tough guy act and all the stuff they do. You know, Andy's Andy's famous for putting uh, film together of things of that nature and showing them the day before 
to the team. I mean, that's one of his things he's always does. He puts together a reel of film of some funny things that the Chiefs have done during the practice or during the week or last game or some stupid stuff, and everybody laughs. And then there'll be a segment. He'll do. He'll he'll show you something motivating. Wouldn't surprise me at all if a lot of that wasn't Baltimore and all the pushing and bullying and all the stuff that they do. And it set in. And I think I think Travis came to that game pissed off, and I think a lot of guys did. Is that something that Coach Reed really doesn't get his, enough credit for, that kind of motivational stuff? Because he is so low-key. He's not a rah-rah guy in front of the media, and I'm not sure he's a rah-rah guy in front of the, the fans. He just knows how to push those buttons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he's one of those guys I, I talk about when I say that. I mean, he he has a good understanding of how how people learn. Some people need something different than others, and 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 he's he's that kind of guy. And when you're when you're managing, you know, thirty some odd coaches and sixty some odd players, and you're the guy that has to stand up in front of them every day. I mean, you're over and over and over again for a lot of years uh, to command that respect and to command. I mean, it's something special. It's very unique, and only a few guys have that available to have the longevity in it. I mean, just look at the co- coaching turnover uh, that you see each and every year. There's an average of eight a year turnover. There's 180 coaches hired in the last, what, 15 years, uh, and, and most of them don't last two years. So, yeah, it's very special, and, and he's got that down, and he knows how to push those buttons, like you said, Todd, and, and tweak things and get what he wants from the team. Bill Moss is our guest. Bill, for a while, I thought we were headed towards the Chiefs-Detroit Lions Super Bowl. Yeah, right. And, I mean, I really did, and then it just fell apart. What happened? I mean, Dan Campbell's getting a lot of criticism. Clearly, there were some drops and the fumble. But a lot of things had to go mm-hmm. against them for them to blow that 24-7 lead, and it happened. And even at the end, like, why are you running the football in that situation and then force yourself to – they could have had three timeouts and could have kicked off. They had at least one more chance to get the ball back. But just some bizarre decisions and obviously some some, some uh, plays I'd like to have back. What did you think – of that NFC Championship game and now a rematch between the Chiefs and the Niners? Well, obviously for Detroit, it's tough, right? I mean, that was a tough deal, but here, here's here's the nuts and bolts of it. And knew what his team could do and what they can't do. And one of the things he's tried to cover up all year has been their secondary. And that's, that's why he went for it a lot on fourth down. It wasn't some, hey, I'm Dan Campbell, my bravado. You know, he knew he they got to take some risks and challenges to get things done. Their secondary struggled all year long. And and in the second half of that game, it was exposed again. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at it and get critical about, you know, fourth down, should you have kicked it and got the three points. Hindsight's always that way. But if they had gotten it like they should have, uh, it would have been a different story. And, and he knew that he got in the red zone. He needed touchdowns, not field goals, if he's going to contend with uh, a quarterback because of the situation their secondary had. And they struggled with it all year long. It was no secret. So his decisions he made were for a reason. He knew what his team can and can't do. 
So the Niners did come back and win, and they did it with, you know, Brock Purdy making some big plays. They did it with mm-hmm. turnovers. They did stuff. You were talking about Lamar Jackson and maybe he shouldn't deserve the MVP at this point. I think the votes are in. They've already named the, the three finalists. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes played like an MVP yesterday. Yeah, he did. Brock Purdy played like an MVP yesterday. His, yep. his quarterback rating was only 84 or something, but his QBR, when you, when you factor in the running and all that for Purdy, was like 88, which is very good. He continues to surprise me. Purdy, game manager, whatever you want to call him, dude is making plays for a team. He's got a lot of talent around him. But I, he shocked me yesterday with that comeback. He earned a lot of respect from me. Yeah, you know, I don't think we, we know the story on him yet. I hear both sides of it. I've, hear, I've seen and listened to other quarterbacks talk about him. Um, when they see some of the things he can do and his arm and his accuracy, you get a lot of praise, but then, you know, you have a lot of people talk about, well, it's a system, and it's always a system with the Shanahan run team and um, game manager and all those other things and, and all the talent he has on offense. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think the, the, the book is still out on the guy, but I, I certainly don't know why he has to defend himself or his play. And that's, that's the thing I, I don't understand. He's winning. He was winning last year. He got injured. I mean, there's every time he's been on the field, he gives him his team a chance to win. I, I don't think there's anything else you can ask for out of the quarterback position. There's a, hey, to me, there's a lot of teams that would love to have him as their quarterback because if you don't have a chance, if you don't have a guy at that position, you don't have a chance in this league anymore. That's that's it in a nutshell. You know, it's not. You know, we talk about all the passing records being broken. This is the game, and, and that's the way it's played. All these kids that are playing this game now all grow up, and all they do is go to seven-on-seven passing tournaments. These tournaments all around the country, that's all it is. Seven-on-seven passing. Um, this isn't you hand the ball off two or three times and have a play-action pass anymore. It's all about the passing game. And if you don't have a guy that can throw the football, you don't have a chance. And so – I don't. Again, I don't think he has anything he needs to defend about his play. No, people need to get over the fact that he was a seventh round pick. I mean, that, who who cares now? He's already shown that that was a mistake. He should have went higher, and now he's just a good quarterback in the NFL that has a chance to win a championship. But Bill, we'll finish the way we started. Steve Spagnolo in this defense with two weeks yeah. to game plan. That that for, for for Brock Purdy and his weapons around him, and everything else, that's a tough ask because the stretch right now that Spags and this defense is on, I mean, why why wouldn't you think that they're going to come up with something that's going to be able to slow down the Forty ers Right? I love it, and you're going you, you, Drew Tranquil. I, I didn't mention him. I mean, I just thought he played an unbelievable game yesterday too. I mean, the guy was everywhere. Uh, he played with, you know, a real mean streak to him. He was aggressive and he was all over the field. When you have, when you have guys that can come from anywhere, when you have Reed, when you have McDuffie, Sneed, I mean, I, the things they're going to dial up and bring, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And, and for the 40 diners, I mean, you're going to find out what, what Purdy is because they're going to do some things and show some things and try to confuse the heck out of them. And they've got the defense to do that. You're very, very rare you have the opportunity to have this many good players on one side of your offense or defense, on one side of the ball, uh, and, and, to, and to be able to keep them uh, where they're at right now. Salary cap's going to come into play for some of these guys the next year or down the road, but 
they've got these young guys now, and they're all performing, and they're all contributing. And he's, I mean, for, for Steve, it's just like, gosh, I, I, he can do anything he wants. He can do anything he wants. He can play man coverage. He can he can drop. He can play zone. He can rush four. He can bring the house, and and it's all going to work. So he's like a kid in a candy store when he when he looks at the things he can do with the guys he has. It's, it's got to be fun. And the Chiefs are one win away from becoming the NFL's first back-to-back champion since the Patriots in 03 and 04. We have two weeks to talk about it. Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for the time, my man. Always good to talk with you guys. Have a good one. That's Bill Moss. Fired up Bill Moss. Why wouldn't you be watching this defense kick ass in the playoffs? We'll be right back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHB. First and 10. From the Baltimore 19, shotgun Mahomes, pump and throw to the end zone, handled by Kelsey for the touchdown. A rocket to the right side, and the Chiefs strike first, 19 yards. And it's that combination once again, Mahomes to Kelsey to get on the board first. From the 21, shotgun Mahomes, he will toss it to the near side, caught by Kelsey. Travis Kelsey thinks he has enough for the first down, and that is the record for Kelsey. The most postseason receptions all time. Passing Jerry Rice. Easily you could fold. I told you that after our game, our last game against Buffalo, I never, I, the thing that stood out to me most was just the positive attitude on the sideline. Through the highs and the lows of positive head, that kind of tells you the season. It gives you the whole story there. The guys never doubted. They just... You know, they put themselves in a position where you had a chance, and they, they you know, they took care of that. And they had a great, great attitude on this team. You know what I just realized, Jake? Lee Bogle, I'm not going to that. Maybe I'll tell Chad Boger, he'll listen to me at least. For people that are going to the Super Bowl to see the Chiefs, on Thursday night before the Super Bowl, Teofimo Lopez is fighting in Vegas. Oh, baby. Because they usually do a, a sanctioned <clears throat> fight or just on the streets? Maybe. Uh, I know he's fighting Jermaine Ortiz. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be on ESPN. But they usually do a Thursday night fight. Um, and I, I there was a Thursday night fight when I went to the Super Bowl in uh, um, Miami. And I had passes, but I, I just it didn't work. It was going to be too late. And I can't remember who. We had too much. It was a good fight. We had too much to do. But it wasn't great. Like JoJo Diaz was fighting. I think uh, one of the Paul brothers was fighting any, but but Teofimo Lopez, that's one of the stars of boxing. And if you do get a chance to go, you should go on Thursday night. It'll be a great atmosphere and great crowd, stars there and everything else. But, um, hey, if, if not, if you're going out there and you're getting out there early and want to do something, go see Teofimo Lopez fight. Uh, he's fighting at the Michelob Ultra Arena, mm. which has, uh, oddly enough, fewer calories than other arenas. Less. Tremendous. Absolutely. Less. Uh, Jake would like uh, people, once again, to hear the different calls of the last pass, that last play that clinched the victory for your Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes back to pass and lost a beautiful throw up in the air. And, of course, just like we all predicted, it landed in the waiting arms of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, to seal the game, to seal the deal, and to send the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. We have the Baltimore Ravens call. As uh, Boy, they just didn't understand uh, how the Chiefs could possibly be passing on third down. Just didn't get it. 
Uh, and then we have the Korean broadcast call. Jake, which would you like to play first, both or spectacular? K- Korean. Listen to the excitement and the enthusiasm. This is the Korean broadcast of Mahomes' game-winning pass, game-clinching pass to Marquez Valdez-Cantling. They couldn't believe uh, he threw it to MVS either. You could hear the the disbelief in their voices. Uh, Now, let's listen to the Baltimore Ravens broadcast crew as they were just... Who's on the call? The Baltimore Ravens. Who who are the men? Who are they? I don't know. Look it up. Who is it? I'm not going to. I'm not doing it. You can bait me all day long. I won't do it. Okay. Who is it? Rod Woodson is the cover. Who else you want to say? Come on, let's go ahead. Who else? Jerry. Everything's a big joke to you. Just go ahead and do it. Town in Ohio. Let's go. Here, the ball, but here's the important thing. The boy, this Ravens broadcast, broadcast you just didn't. You can feel the Hall of Fame defensive back. Die but, while the ball's in but the air. Just, just really didn't see. You can feel and hear it. Any chance that the Chiefs were going to throw the ball here? Well, that's not. That's the old school way to play. Well, stupid, yeah. stupid. Did you think they were going to run the ball there? No, I thought they would throw it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I didn't think they'd throw that route. Well, but I thought they were going to throw it. it. I was like, throw the ball to Kelsey. Just you know, let's hear it. Chiefs come to the line of scrimmage. It's at the Kansas City forty-six. Two nineteen left to play. The two-minute warning will stop the clock. That's it for the Ravens. They must stop Kansas City here because the Ravens are out of timeouts. I just can't see them throwing the football. And Pacheco in the backfield. The Chiefs quarterback stands in the shotgun. He takes the snap. He wants to throw. Lobs it deep down the middle. He's got Valdez Scantling wide open at the 20-yard line. He makes a falling catch, and that is going to do it. It will run us to the two-minute warning. But the Ravens are out of timeouts, and this season is out of days. Bye-bye, Baltimore. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I also get a tremendous amount of satisfaction. I always, I, it's, it's been a while, though, but uh, Jason Lockenfora is a Baltimore guy that was bitching about the officials during the game. Kept his eye and on And I, I despise him. He did. He kept his eye on the game through, uh, all afternoon. And Which one? Didn't like what he saw, I could tell you that, if he, if he saw it. So. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead and finish this ridiculous show after this on Sports Radio 810 Boy, Jake, I'm tempted to finish with a clip I just sent you from Patrick Mahomes Sr. on the field. I have not prepped it, but I I did see one clip where he said he was smoking a special Lamar Jackson blend that he had imported from Cuba. He was also wearing a jacket 
that said on the back, Kansas City versus everybody. Everybody. Can we can we play Patrick Mahomes Sr. with cigar in hand on the field? That's really the only correct way to end this show. This I do want to thank um, Travis for clearing up that we're going to Nevada. There is like a, isn't well, there a Las Vegas, maybe New Mexico or something. D- don't go to the wrong one, guys. Again, this go comes to Nevada. from the excellent uh, ex-Twitter account of uh, Harold Coons from Fox 4. Here's a sampling of Patrick Mahomes Sr. with cigar, wearing a jacket that says Kansas City versus everybody, celebrating on the field after the game. Tonight. Y'all you know, don't want me to do all that again. No, now, no, no. But how, yeah, how excited I are you? I got a special blend. I'm very excited, man. I mean, uh, going back to another Super Bowl, you know, it's, it's more than anybody could even imagine. So I'm just happy. How proud are you of him? I'm always proud of him. I was proud of him before he started playing football. I mean, he makes me even more proud that he's doing the things that he's doing. Hey, he's going for three, man. You know, that three is synonymous with some of the greats of all time in sports. Oh, well, we're going for three, and then we're going to go for four, five, six, seven, and eight, and nine. You know, we're going to keep on playing the game, and that's what we do. How do you feel to do this in Baltimore? Uh, it feels great. You know, um, players make plays. Lamar made a play early, and, you know, players make plays, and I'm just so happy that uh, Patrick came out on the other end of it. That's right. I feel like Patrick Mahomes Sr. is the father of the Chiefs. Sort of. Yeah. Did you see him drinking beers at a Ravens tailgate before the game? Go out and have fun, like, man. I was Kansas City versus everybody. I would like to have that jacket. Did you see that jacket? Yeah. People talk about Taylor Swift's jacket. I'd like to have that jacket. Kansas City versus everybody. Jason Kelsey had an interesting little jacket on, too. That was a weird look. He did a, He was a low-key at this one. Didn't get quite so crazy, but No, he baby got it. put in the corner. Yeah, he's... <laughs> You got. I mean, he just did. We've all been there. Well, listen, he's not some young man either. You just can't do that every yeah. weekend. But also, that's well, not Bill's mafia, though. Listen, no. But I can promise you, you don't want to be acting like a jackass. He and, wanted to do a little more than he did. There was some. He had, he had been told. Here's the deal. You're sitting down, and that's going to be the extent of it. Go back in the corner, and, and that's fine. No bowling right. balls. Right. He had his run, and it was great. Yeah. He was on the field. Exactly. You know. He had a good time. Listen to me. I'm a good time in Vegas, too. Listen oh to boy. me. Oh, boy. This Kansas is too City, much Vegas. You know what? It, well, that's fine. Is there such a thing? Yes, there is such a oh, thing. Yeah. The Just Kansas City oh, yeah. Chiefs oh, yeah. are going back to the Super Bowl. Miami Dolphins, done. Buffalo Bills, done. Baltimore Ravens, done. San Francisco, in two weeks, You'll be done. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl where they belong. Todd Lebo, it's been so long for being here. Jacob Terez, you're back where you belong. I want you to listen to the Border Patrol all week long. I want you to listen to Sports Radio 10 all day long. The zone, the program, all of it. And then meet me back here at 6 a.m. Will my voice be back? I don't care. Will Nate be back? Who knows? Yes. My, my fat ass will be here previewing the Super Bowl the way I like it on Sports Radio 810 WHB.